This is Celebration Church, but it's more than just a building or a church. We have a calling to be a place where people can find a relationship with God instead of religion. A place where freedom is found and acceptance given, and every person can discover their purpose and experience the kind of fulfillment only God can give. Together we will raise, lead, and empower a generation to change the world. Here, Jesus is famous, and all the glory goes to God. This is celebration. This is our family. Welcome home. Well, good morning, everyone. Would you stand with me as we uh, respite the Apostles' Creed? This is who we are and what we believe as a church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You can have a seat. I just want to remind you uh, how we've been taking an offering here at Celebration Church. We do most of it digitally, so if you'd like to give that way, you can give through the church website, celebrationchurch.tv slash give, or you can do it through the Celebration Church app. It's super quick and easy. Uh, you can also set up recurring giving, which is super helpful for us uh, and easy for you as it just automatically withdraws and then just helps us know what's coming in and can budget better there. Otherwise, you can always fill out the envelope in your seat back today and drop it in as a bucket as you leave the auditorium this morning. So thank you so much for your generosity and your continued generosity as you, uh, you pour out. Well, I am, I am not Pastor Mark. Uh, I'm Ben Klein. I'm the youth pastor here at Celebration Church. And I got a text yesterday afternoon from Pastor Mark um, that he is down with the dreaded man cold. Uh, and so as Pastor Phil, all of the men in the room can relate. It's tough. It really, it really does hit hard and fast and unlike anything that really the women in this room have ever experienced. And so, uh, so he is down for the count this morning and asked me if I would uh, be willing. Um, and that, that is usually a very easy yes, but I just got back from a week of Spencer Lake summer camp. Um, I'll just tell you a little bit about me that you may not know, but I enjoy my sleep. Um, <laughs> Not that I really only enjoy my sleep, I need my sleep. I'm a, I'm a sleep guy. Like I need eight hours a night and I can adrenaline through a week of Spencer Lake summer camp and it is certainly worth it. But when I get back, it is time to hibernate. <laughs> and uh, so he caught me in that hibernation fog and somehow I still typed out yes. And uh, here I am this morning. So I ramped it back up, got, uh, got back in the mode and... Um, here we are. So uh, hibernation is coming, though. It is, it is coming, and it is going to come this week. But like I said, we, we truly just had the best week at, uh, at Spencer Lake Summer Camp. Um, it is one of those things, one of those places, uh, dare I say one of those holy ground spots, I think. I just, man, church, God meets our students in the realest way 
at that summer camp. Um, and it, yeah, absolutely. It was so good. We're gonna, I'm gonna share some of those stories with you today. Uh, but can I just tell you that this next generation are world changers? Um, I, I don't know how much interaction you've had with this next generation that's coming up um, and what your interaction's been and maybe what you've heard throughout news and, and media outlets or maybe what you've experienced with your own kid, although maybe you're just a little too close to that situation. Uh, but man, this generation, they're world changers. They are hungry and creative and passionate and resourceful and missional and they have focus and they're advocates and they want change and they want all of it. And, and I just believe that when we point them in the direction of Jesus and then shoot them out, that there's no stopping them. Yeah. I, I think our problem has been is we pointed our young people in the wrong direction. Um, and so church, I, I think it's our responsibility to point them towards Jesus and let them go change the world. Um, yeah, amen. I truly do. I believe that they're so good. This last week, we saw incredible, incredible things take place. Um, and so as I was getting ready to, to preach um, today in the, this last little window of hibernation, uh, I had a couple of, of working titles that I was working my way through as I was prepping my message. I always like to title my message. And my first one was Lessons from Camp. And then I quickly scrapped that one thinking we'd probably just have to talk about deodorant more than we should. Um, so, and hygiene. So we just moved that one along. And then I thought, well, maybe it would be more of Jesus. And uh, that was a good one, but it just quite didn't hit. And we are gonna talk about how we just all need more of Jesus in our lives. But I settled here. I settled with this thought. Um, and so today's message is titled Touch of Heaven. Um, and, and church, I, I believe that we need a touch of heaven in our country. We need a touch of heaven in our cities. We need a touch of heaven in our schools, in our workplaces, in our families. Um, but truly, I believe if we wanna see a touch of heaven pour out into those spaces, I think it starts here in this room and with us. Um, yeah, thanks. Amen. I do. I, I think it starts with the church and individuals seeking after more of Jesus. Uh, and so we're gonna start the message today with a verse out of Colossians, Colossians 3, one through two. And it says this, is if you have been raised with Christ, keep looking for the good things of heaven. This is where Christ is seated at the right side of God. Keep your minds thinking about things of heaven, not the things of earth. Man, God has been moving in some amazing, amazing ways. We've seen it as people have come in to get prayed for and been anointed with oil. And, and we've just seen God move in the miraculous in these people's lives as things that weren't supposed to happen happened and, and healing that the doctors just truly don't have an answer or a response for. This past week at camp, we saw just students respond in incredible, incredible ways that they just was a move of God. And we saw students praying for students and students leading other students to Jesus down in the altars and, and just truly seeking after more of Jesus and true life change. And so my question as we lead into this today is are we ready for all that God wants to do through us? Are we positioned in a way that we are ready for a touch of heaven? And then what does that look like? And so I think this morning, as we position ourselves in a way that God can move, as we position ourselves in a way where we can experience a touch of heaven, I think there's three things that we need to do to position ourselves in that way. 
And so the first one is this, is that we need to get out of, get out of the way. We need to get out of our own way. We need to just let God take over. And the first thing we need to do is we need to create some space. You see, life is busy and we fill it to the fullest. We fill those schedules. We fill, fill it full of everything. And I would just say that sometimes I think we fill our lives, we fill our schedules so busy that we forget to create some space for God. We forget to create some moments and see all he has in store for us because we are so busy. There's no room. There's no room for God to move in the midst of our lives. The other thing we need to do, we need to remove distractions. Can I tell you one of the beautiful things about camp? is that these cellular devices right here, they don't work real well. <laughs> we get terrible, terrible, terrible cell service at camp. You can kind of see the pack of students that they like find the one spot and everyone will kind of huddle around to get the things they need to get sent out for that day or, you know, that everyone is asking for the Wi-Fi password that no one has access to, you know? It's like, do you have it? And we're like, no. And they're like, you're lying to me. And I'm like, I don't. You know, <laughs> it's always this, they think we're lying. We don't, we're not, we don't have it. But we remove the distractions. Our, it, it forces focus when we remove the distractions. You see, camp's a beautiful place, but we shouldn't and don't need a certain environment to make space and remove distractions to pursue God. And I think sometimes we even feel that in our own lives when we come in on a Sunday service. We're like, well, here, this one hour of this week is the place that I'm gonna create some space, that I'm gonna remove some distractions but church, it needs to be more than that. It needs to be more than just an hour out of our week that we create some space and remove some distractions for God to move in our lives. The next thing we do need to do to get out of our own way is we need to come expectantly, but without expectations. Like, what does that mean? You just said the same word twice. <laughs> we come expectantly, but without expectations. You see, we need to come into the presence of God and trust that he is going to move and he is gonna show up in a profound way. We need to trust when his word says where two or more are gathered that I am here and I am with you, which I'm not the best at math, but there are more than two of us in this place this morning, right? We need to trust when we go and we seek after God that he is going to meet us in his midst. He's gonna meet us in the middle of it. But we can't come in with our own expectations of what that's gonna look like or we're gonna miss out on the things of God. When we come in and we say, well, hey, I'm gonna meet God, but it's gonna look like this, and I need this to happen, and this better happen, and I'm gonna do this, and this is how it's gonna go. Guys, we miss it. We miss out on what God has in store for us because in fact, the things we might want to happen are too small. They're too little. We serve a big God who wants bigger things for us. And when we come in with our own expectations on what it's gonna look like, what it's gonna be like, we're limiting everything that God has in truly store for us. That's why we need to come expectantly but without expectations. See, in the middle of that, our pursuit truly should be more of Jesus. It should be more of Jesus in our lives and that our lives would look like more of Jesus. The last thing we need to do here as we talk about getting out of the way is we need to surrender it all. You see, so many times in life, we hold back areas. We compartmentalize faith. We say faith is really good for Sunday mornings as long as it's not a Packer home game, right? <laughs> or that London one. That London one's gonna be tough this year. That's like an 8.30 kickoff. I, I might have the man cold on that day. <laughs> 
right? We say faith is good for Sundays. It's good that I can come and experience God. I can create some time and space. But oh, it better not touch my Monday through Friday. It better not spill into my work week. Faith is good in my life, but I don't want it to touch my relationships. Faith is good in my life and my family's life, but I don't want it to touch my finances. You see, we, we pick and choose these areas of life that we're holding back from all that God has in store for us. And we say, faith is good for this, but not this. And can I just tell you, church, that in order for us to get out of our way, we need to surrender it all. We need to say, God, here I am and take all that is me. May you just make me more like you. May you help me to seek after you with everything I have. You see, the thing we usually are most hesitant to surrender to God is a lot of times the things we worship. It's the thing we put above God in the pecking order of our lives. You see, we are all created to worship. And so whether we worship God or something else, we are all worshiping something. It's the thing that you give the greatest value to in your life. That's the next thing we need to do in order to position ourselves for a touch of heaven, for a move of God, is we need to get out of our own way. But the second thing we need to do is we need to worship freely. We need to worship God freely. And I'm not just talking about music, right? The Western church has made the word worship synonymous it's a big word after a week of camp, synonymous with worship, with singing. And, and church, we have an amazing band and incredibly talented. Yeah, give them a hand. I mean, they truly are the best. And I love to enter into the presence of God through song and through, through worship. But there's so much more that constitutes worship. Thanksgiving and prayer and remembrance, serving others, the words we speak, marveling at God's creation, being obedient, coming into a place with an engaged mind and heart, body expression, all of those things constitute worship. That's why, like, body, we, like, why we raise our hands or people fall to their knees in the midst of that moment of worship, of singing a song. It's the body expression of it. You see, sometimes we have to ask ourselves, is our worship circumstantial? Is it based on people or an environment? Is it based on a place? Is it based on a season of life? Like, well, things are good, so I can worship, or things are really bad, so I feel like I should worship. But is it based on those things? We see this story in Acts, Acts 22 through 20, Acts 16, 22 through 16, where Paul and Silas are in a situation that most of us would probably find it hard to worship. Yet look at the response here. Acts 16, 22 through 26 says this, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they been, had, had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received those orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake at the foundations of the prison that they were shaken. All at once, the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. See, Paul and Silas says their worship wasn't circumstantial. They knew that no matter what happened, God was still good 
It reminds me of the story Pastor Mark alluded to a couple weeks ago, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It truly is my favorite story in all of the Bible, and that might be because of Veggie Tales uh, and the story of uh, <laughs> Rakshak and Benny. Anyone else Veggie Tale fan? Yeah. Anyway, Rakshak and Benny, they were my guys growing up. But you see, they, here are these young men who refuse to bow down to the idol and only will stand up and worship God and the king Nebuchadnezzar throws them into the fiery furnace because they refuse to bow down and will only worship. You see, their worship wasn't circumstantial. Their worship wasn't about a place or, or a feeling or a moment. It wasn't about a season of life. They worship God in the face of a fiery furnace. They worship God in the midst of a fiery furnace. Paul and Silas, their worship wasn't circumstantial. They worship God in the midst of a prison cell and not a prison cell as we envision today, but like a truly a, a pit in the middle of this dungeon of darkness and grossness and everything else that came with it. See, it doesn't matter what happens to us, we should still worship. We were created to worship. You see, you can't be a victor when you're living as a victim. The what doesn't matter in the midst of our worship. It doesn't matter where, whether you're standing in a fiery furnace or standing in the midst of the deepest and darkest inner prison cell, the where doesn't signify when and why we should worship. It doesn't matter when in the midst of that uh, fiery furnace is a time to worship, but I would have been screaming other things, right? In the middle of midnight, the middle of the night, midnight, it says Paul and Silas worshiped. You see, the only thing that matters when it comes to our worship, it's not the what, the where, or the when. It matters how we respond. It matters that when we worship God, regardless of our circumstances, even in the midst of our darkest moments, it changes everything. It's that act of surrender. It's that act of saying, God, less of me and more of you. Things are out of my control, but you are holy. You are in control. You are good. You are worthy. It's that moment of complete surrender. What if instead of letting our circumstances dictate our worship, we let our worship dictate our circumstances and chose to respond in worship regardless of what those circumstances may be? You see, uh, this past week at, at camp, we had a group of students who truly worshiped freely. They sought after God regardless of circumstances, regardless of what was going on with, with everything. And in fact, I just wanna show you a quick video here of a, a piece of that. But I think that was, was a, a touch of heaven. I think that was heaven meeting earth. That was 600 plus students and leaders just seeking after God and worshiping freely. Didn't require a band. Yeah, yeah, you can get, yeah, it was great. Didn't require a band or circumstances. It was nothing more than their voices, which was the truest worship we could have had that week. You see, the song they were singing is the song where I get the title for my message today. It's the song, Touch of Heaven. And the chorus they were singing goes like this. It says, all I want is to live within your love. Be undone by who you are. My desire is to know you deeper. Lord, I will open up again. Throw my fears into the wind. I am desperate for a touch of heaven. 
You see, the last thing we need to do today if we're truly seeking after that touch of heaven is we need to get out of our own way. We need to worship freely. The last thing is we need to pursue desperately. Desperately. When's the last time that you pursued God desperately? And I don't mean, and now this is a moment that we do, but in the midst of, of those bad seasons of life where we feel like there's no other outlook, there's no other place to turn but to God. And hopefully we're doing that as our first response, not as our last resort. But what about in the, the middle of the fine seasons or the good seasons? When's the last time we pursued God desperately just so that we would more, know him more? just so that we might see more of him in our lives, just so that we might see him move in a new way in the midst of our lives. See, it's, and I don't mean desperate as the lack of hope. I mean desperate as the having great need or desire for something. That, that desperation that, God, I just need more of you, and I'm gonna pursue until I see that. I'm gonna pursue until that comes true in my life. This past week, we saw students desperately seek after Jesus. We have this one, well, there's lots of stories, but I'm gonna tell you this one story this morning of a, a middle school girl uh, who coming out of Wednesday night service at Spencer Lake Youth Camp, and if you've been there ever, uh, you know some of the rhythms. And so the Wednesday night service of Spencer Lake Youth Camp is typically the Holy Spirit night. We talk about the Holy Spirit. We talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. We talk about uh, that the power is through prayer and there's power in prayer, all of that. It was so good and so great. And so we talked about the Holy Spirit on Wednesday night. Uh, and actually, in fact, all of our uh, youth girls dress up and they look, you know, they, they get all dolled up and they come to chapel and all the boys come in in their athletic shorts and baggy t-shirts and smell terrible. You know, it's just the way Wednesday goes. Um, but, so that's Wednesday night. So coming out of our Wednesday night service, coming out of uh, talking about the Holy Spirit, we had this young middle school girl who all she could do all Thursday was desperately pursue more of God. And camp is great. You saw on the video earlier, we have a ton of fun at camp. There's all sorts of craziness that happens. We wear a lot of the color purple because uh, that's our color team. We, uh, we play crazy games. There's always a lot of shouting and excitement and hype and all sorts of things happening. And even if that's not your thing, we go, Spencer Lake is truly on a lake, it's Spencer Lake, uh, and it's beautiful. It's, it's this perfectly blue looking water, sandy beach, sandy shore. I mean, it's as nice of a lake as you could ask for. So there is plenty of things. You could be blobbed like Savannah was off of, uh, for the news. There's plenty to do to distract a student throughout the course of the day. And we, that's what it's there for. We have a ton of fun. It's great. And then we cap it with those services at the end of the night where we meet Jesus in a real way. But this student just desperately pursued Jesus, and she spent all day Thursday seeking after the things of God. You know, she was so curious and intrigued with the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit could mean in her life that, that moment after moment throughout the course of Thursday, she just spent seeking after talking to leader after leader about like, what is the Holy Spirit? What does that mean? Can you speak in tongues? What does speaking in tongues look like? And truly asking some of the most thought-provoking and genuine questions about the Holy Spirit that I've ever had a conversation with of someone in my life, let alone a, a middle school girl. <laughs> and, and it was just incredible. And she just all day long pursued desperately the things of God. 
Well, let me tell you, we got to that chapel that night and the student was there. And just as she walked into the chapel that night, she felt the, the burden to pray for one of our adult leaders. And when I say burden, I mean burden. Like, like the type of burden that we only get when it's the move of God, right? We can sometimes think and pray for some, but this was weighing heavy on this student. And so she has this burden to begin to pray and she finds one of our adult leaders and then finds this adult leader and they, they bring together um, and they begin to pray. And it's important that I, I tell you this, um, but when I had talked to this student earlier in the day, as we were talking about the things of God and the Holy Spirit, she had mentioned to me that she wants to speak in tongues because she'd never prayed out loud before. And she just felt like it would just help her take that step um, because she had never spoken and prayed out loud. Well, here we are at the start of the evening chapel with student with this burden to pray. And church, can I tell you that this girl began to pray and out loud, and it was with power and anointing. And she had this word of knowledge that the Holy Spirit placed and was praying over this adult leader with things that she shouldn't have known and couldn't have known and wouldn't have known could it not been for the power of God and the move of his spirit on this student's life. And so she just began to pray this amazing anointed prayer over this adult leader. And it's because she sought after God desperately. She desperately wanted to see God move more in her life. Church, are we pursuing God? Are we, are we pursuing Jesus, more of Jesus in our lives? Are we pursuing his Holy Spirit in big and bold, desperate ways? You see, too often we pray way too small to a very big God. Way too small to a big God. And we just ask for these things that are comfortable and they make us feel like, well, I asked, I did it. But God is just like, I am a big God willing to answer your big prayers. Like, let's go. Let's pray big prayers. Worship team, if you wanna come get in place. Ushers, if you wanna start to prepare yourselves for communion as we begin to wrap up here. You see, God is all in for you. Are you all in for him? See, we, church, we need more Jesus in our lives. We need a touch of heaven. And I just, I believe that that's what we need. That's what our families need. That's what our cities, our church, our country is we need a touch of heaven, but it starts with us. And it starts with our pursuit. When we just get out of the way, when we begin to worship freely and not based on location or place or, or circumstances, but we just begin to worship freely in all moments. And when we just begin to pursue God desperately, not with an agenda, but just so that we would see more of God in our lives. Let me leave you with this thought here. It's this song again. It's all I want is to live within your love. Be, be undone by who you are. My desire is to know you deeper. Lord, I will open up again, throw my fears into the wind. I am desperate, desperate for a touch of heaven. 
Church, we need to have that desperation, that touch of heaven. See, in just a moment, we're gonna begin to our, our time of communion and passing of communion. But before we do that, we see in the letter to the Corinthians, the apostle Paul, he writes these words. He said, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So church, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know if you just need to get yourself some more space, remove some distraction. I don't know if you just need to free yourself to worship freely, to pursue after God in the midst of those moments. I don't know if you just need to desperately pursue him for a touch of heaven in your life. But can I tell you that this is a moment to do just that? To just have an honest reflection of God, where am I at with you? And in the midst of that, just seek him deeper. So with those words in mind, let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, before we partake of the bread and the cup this morning, in obedience to the scriptures, we pause now to examine ourselves. If we've sinned against you in thought or word or deed by what we've done or by what we've left undone, we've not loved you with our whole heart, if we've not loved our neighbors as ourselves for the sake of your beloved son, Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins, have mercy on us and forgive us of our sins. Strengthen us in all goodness and by the power of your Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Now, as our heads are still bowed and if you're, you're new to faith and you've never truly even experienced God's saving grace in your life, I wanna encourage you right now, quietly in your own words, to get out of your own way. To just ask Jesus to forgive you and to invite him to come into your life. Amen.